<laughs> Rear window, that trombone shot, though. It's Flicks and That with Steve Newell. Happy New Year, Steve. Happy New Year to to you and yours. <laughs> Season's greetings. <laughs> great, great holidays, great uh, time off watching some TV and film. You know what? I watched hardly anything, and, okay. it, was, wow. and it was glorious. Mm-hmm. It was glorious. But um, no, a great summer break. Um, friends in town from overseas, uh, party season, relaxing season, pool action, beach action. But are we here to talk about that? Because what have you got up to? <laughs> what's, been, what's been going on? Uh, just waiting for Not the much. segment to start kicking off again, so we that's knew right. what to, so we sort of can figure out what to watch on TV. Oh mm. yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, I mean, I've, I've I've had nothing to be able to tell you, to be honest. Because because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Damn. Holidays. Shit. Um, but you know, this movie called Avatar. The Way of Water came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watched it. Oh, good. Um, well, see, so you don't you don't need me for everything. <laughs> watched it with a mate, and he worked on it. Um, we were over at the IMAX in uh, Lower Hut in Wellington, um, and that was the new one. Ooh, full report, please. This is full IMAX rep- uh, Queensgate. Is yeah, that, is yeah. Three uh, D was actually pretty good. Um, it didn't go over the top. It didn't try to be like all up in your face, but rather, you know, try and separate some objects, you know, within the foreground, uh, really, really subtly. So, um, well done on that, James. Good on you <laughs> if you're listening. Um, Shame about the um, power consumption oh. <laughs> in uh, in Wellington, but anyway, this moving right along. Um, and as I, as I said to you earlier, Steve, I mean, this film really cements high frame rate for movies that use computer graphics. It was just that good watching a PS5 cutscene as a movie. I found some of it was distracting, but then some of it was quite cool. Mm. But then I think there's uh, the real test of it will be when I find out how much of it I didn't actually notice was in high frame rate. Right. Because I think that's probably a thing that happens, right? Like there's a really good story. I think it was in the New York Times, and they talked about how arbitrary the use of the high frame rate is. Like it's actually... Mm dropping in and out of high frame rate within scenes from different angles of shots. Yeah. So it's like it, there's no narrative sense to it to be doing that. Um, but then every time you transition to an underwater scene, like that will pretty much uniformly in the film be high frame rate. Mm. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, think, I think not noticing that it's there would be the biggest victory of that technology. Yeah. Um, you know, then, it, then it truly becomes a storytelling tool as opposed to... A very expensive, you know, just something that kit. looks cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> not cool. I mean, yeah, I was, I was kind of mixed on mixed on it. Um, yeah, yeah. Now the IMAX in Queensgate. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I always find amusing about IMAX in Auckland, um, apart from just how shoddy and run down the whole building that it's housed in, is is the uh, warning to not leave your bags unattended under your seats. Does that did that play in Queensgate, or is that an, Auck- an, no, Auckland, an Auckland no. specific the- thievery warning? That might be Auckland specific. Like as I told a few of my friends when I was down there, I was surprised to not hear the guy who you would usually hear like at the start of Three News, like back in the heyday. Uh, I don't know who that guy is, but I think we've got him like voicing a few ads here at BFM. Um, 
like that voice clip of him saying welcome to IMAX you know that doesn't play it just plays the movie previews and then bang you're right watching the movie that you wanted to go and see I mean (laughs) (laughs) do you want that? I have been told by someone that their favourite thing about IMAX um IMAX 3D is when you're sitting there and the numbers come out of the screen towards you, especially, oh, yeah, especially yep. quote, with herbal enhancement, mm. end quote. Mm. <laughs> I think they were fishing for something when they mentioned that to me, but I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not in a position to assist with that, unfortunately, oh. um, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> anyway, Avatar, Avatar 2, um, it's now uh, the sixth most successful movie at the box office globally. It just overtook... Uh, the big Spidey sequel, um, and it looks like it will be on track to cross the $2 billion earning threshold uh, wow. by the end of this, this coming weekend. And mm-hmm. this is like in terms of all time, right? This is all time. Um, right. Here it's the, in New Zealand, it's the second uh, most financially successful, sorry, it's the second biggest earning film mm-hmm. of all time at the New Zealand box office. I mean, no doubt buoyed up by the fact that uh, if you want to see it, you should be spending every last cent you have to get those <laughs> IMAX 3D seats. You know, it's yeah. um, sort of the whole point of that film, really. I still have the glasses, didn't give them back. Oh, man. Do they, do they still work when you take those? <laughs> or, is it, or, or is it like when you try and take a shopping trolley home and the wheels don't turn? <laughs> none of those, none of those. Um, okay, look, that's Avatar. We all know about Avatar. That's just mm-hmm. the little Avatar update, I guess, for you. Um, the other um, highly successful film... Uh, at the US box office, um, which you've probably heard plenty about over the last couple of weeks, is Megan, mm-hmm. or as we would say in New Zealand, Megan. Um, I was watching a great version of the trailer yesterday where someone has uh, dubbed in Megan every time someone says Megan. Uh, and I believe it's a female voiceover, so they've pitch shifted their voice down for when the male character says uh, Megan. <laughs> Shot in New Zealand by New Zealand, uh, New Zealand director Gerard Johnston. That's kind of ah. why. That's sort of why that uh, name pronunciation becomes a little bit more amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a huge hit in the states. It had uh, over. Let's consult these statistics. Um, these st- statistics say, as of like a week ago, it had had over 1.3 billion views on TikTok. All of the kind of clips associated with it. Because this is the film about the robotic uh, killer doll. Yeah. Well, it's in the robotic killer doll subcategory of horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, very distinctive looking uh, title character, kind of bad wig, really great dance moves. Basically, you're kind of seeing what Halloween's going to look like um, <laughs> this year in advance. It's going to be blue people leaving blue paint on things and, um, and other Megan. people dressed, uh, dressed as Megans. <laughs> um, this movie's so much fun. It's a very mainstream horror film. This is not your prestige, arty, elevated horror. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But it is just so, one, effective, and two, made with a huge degree of care. So uh, Johnston's made this a very watchable mainstream horror. It was cut back a little bit in terms of its content for a PG-13 release in the US. Uh, typical. But you know what? It's actually fine. I mm-hmm. mean, I'll, I'll bring on the unrated version. I'll, I'll take it for another watch. But you should go and see this in cinemas. It'd be really fun to watch with a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. Lots of good gags. And... I think as befitting um, a New Zealander, even though this is not a screenplay of New Zealand origin, there's just kind of a sense of humour that's just a bit, bit take the pissy here and there. Yes. Without it being, like, it's not silly. It's very, like, believable in its own universe, but there's a gentle satirical streak to it. Um, it's written uh, by the same person that wrote the fantastically messed up uh, Malignant from a few years back. Mm. Uh, if you haven't seen Malignant, get a bunch of beers... 
get a bunch of pals, watch Malignant together, mm-hmm. and absolutely lose your shit. What sort of scares are we talking about in this film? In Megan, mm-hmm. uh, you're talking about uh, violence perpetrated by what looks like a child, but mm. it's okay. It's actually a sophisticated android, so it's not it's not a child. Um, on uh, stupid adults, unwitting adults, other adults, mm. and maybe a child, kind of. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Spooky. Well, still say, say no more. But um, the. While there's no uh, excessive gore in this film, it's still quite has has quite some inventive uh, death scenes. So, mm-hmm. um, the fact it was made to have a higher rating and then subsequently kind of retooled for this PG thirteen yeah. means that it's still kind of got all that architecture around it. It's still, uh, still, yeah, it's not intended, not intended for the younguns. Mm. Um, but by all means, you know, take your take your kids, whatever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> speaking of young'uns, and in quite a different vein to um, what we've been talking about already, um, a discovery I made on Netflix um, a few days ago, which has lined up really well with a, hol- with, with a, a holidays sort of full of uh, overstimulation of one kind or another, right? It's mm-hmm. like when, a, when, we, when, we, when we've been able to, it's been great to get to the beach, it's been great to do all these things, we've had Christmas, we've lots of family and friends and stuff, um, so maybe like a kind of full-on watch at home hasn't been the go. Uh, God bless the muck and I cooking for the Myco house. Mm. And this is a nine episode, uh, nine episode series on Netflix. Um, it is the story of two teenage girls who, uh, in present day Japan decide that they want to be apprentice geisha and they go to one of the sort of traditional neighborhoods that's still preserving those traditions, a little bit tourist trappy perhaps, um, but they are all about um, developing these skills and dedicating themselves to this ancient art. And it's probably not the most uh, politically progressive thing to want to do, perhaps. But it's really great to see the story of friendship. It's based on an incredibly popular manga that sold millions of copies in Japan. It has a really strong female readership, uh, really drawn to this thing because of the female friendship at its core. But what brought me to this thing in the first place, because, yes, I know, it's not really Steve Newell Keoing, is it? <laughs> uh, it's from director Hidekazu Koryeda. Um, he was the director behind the Palm Door winning Shoplifters. Mm. Uh, had a film called Broker, which released last year. Won a Best Actor award at Cannes. Amazing films from earlier in his career. And he's got amazing films from earlier in his career. He is incredible. Um, and so this kind of combination of a director who's Typically pretty great, I, I guess, at like probing class issues and uh, and power imbalances, taking on what seems like quite a gentle topic in the first place. I'm five episodes in. It hasn't really like become like anything grim, um, mm. but the episodes are pretty gently paced, and um, it's a really interesting study of a group of women's life. What happens with these friends is one of them is very adept at uh, some like taking on the traditions. The other one's really shitty at it, um, and but but what she gravitates towards is cooking for the house, and so she takes on a traditional role um, within that specific subculture of cooking for everyone, kind of being the mum of the house. Right. Um, some v- definitely eat before you watch the episodes. While it's not a cooking show, food is very much kind of at its centre. Um, so if you're looking for something a little bit gentler, a little bit slower paced should absolutely watch this um yeah the muck and i m-a-k-a-n-a-i on netflix now nine episodes 
about 45 minutes each. Pretty chill. Nice. Anything else, Steve? Should we quickly, quickly mention The Last of Us? Who, who watched The Last of Us this week? Oh, didn't watch it, but I know the video games, so I'm just a bit iffy on how this adaption to a TV show, how, how did it go? Uh, well, um, many headlines this week saying the best video game adaptation of all time. Wow. Which, it's not a very high bar, though, is it? Let's face no, it. Well, that's, a mean, pretty, that's a pretty low bar. But um, I'm a massive fan of both of the games. I've been looking forward to this for ages. Uh, mm. The fact that it's the product of uh, Neil Druckmann, who is the writer and, and director of the games, and Chernobyl showrunner Craig Mazin is an uh. incredible combination. So... You know, think about all that great production design in Chernobyl, how awesome, realistic, and uh, it kind looked. of thorough for what it was. Thorough, yeah. yeah, and and how it really balanced the personal aspect with the kind of big looming thing over the top. Mm. Last of Us is, is a post-apocalyptic survival thriller, um, but it's got very human storytelling at its core, um, and starring Pedro Pascal is a pretty good way to convey that to audiences. I really liked it. First episodes. Uh, a solid 80 minutes of TV, mostly kind of set up, but it does a really great job of letting people know what they're into. Both both audiences for the show, people that have played the games and people that have got no idea, I think were equally pretty satisfied by it. Nice. Where can people watch this? Oh, that one's on Neon. So uh, Neon's got The Last of Us. Those are episodes dropping weekly on Mondays. Um, that's a nine-episode first season, so <clears throat> possibly regroup on that in a, in a few weeks and mm. have a chat about how it's going, but... Get in there. It's definitely the kind of prestige show of uh, the first half of the year. And it's the second biggest viewership for a HBO show in the US um, for Yonks. Um, the only thing bigger than it was House of the Dragon. So it's off to a good start. Catching some younger viewers? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I guess like the, the median age of the game, the, the first Last of Us game was out in 2013. Mm. So... And I think probably the median age of people playing it was possibly a little bit older than your kind of first-person shooters. It's like mm -hmm. quite a involved um, thing. Last of Us Part Two was kind of controversial because oh no, that the female character wasn't a dude. Uh, the main <laughs> character wasn't a dude. Oh, oh no. Oh, you learn. Oh, you f you feel stuff when you play it. What? <laughs> what? There's right. con there's consequences to yeah. things, to choices mm. you make. Um, so it, it kind of got review bombed on release, but um, superb storytelling and uh, yeah, fans of the game will, will definitely be finding a lot of Easter eggs in this adaptation. But I think it works. Uh, it works. It doesn't have huge big winks to the audience. It's mm -hmm. just a well-told story. Brilliant. Awesome, Sam. Here we go. It's four, four things to think about. Avatar, <laughs> Megan, the Mac and I cooking for the Myco House, and... The Last of Us. Hopefully, that makes up for that is a solid an platter. extensive ab an extensive absence. Excellent. I've been on sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've just had one sweet little review yes. from a listener here. We've actually had two. Puss in Boots was amazing. Oh, it's so good! And <laughs> the 3D was so pointless in Avatar 2. Felt like a cash grab. Something wrong with your eyes, mate? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, all right. Uh, I need to touch on. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish now, because this movie freaking rules. This is the sequel, the animated sequel to a spin-off from ages ago from the Shrek <laughs> franchise, which is all kind of saying like it should be dog shit. But um, 
It's it's really, really good. It has an animation style that's quite painterly. And so it's somewhere between an animated children's book and the uh, incredible style of uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is probably like a a bit of a high watermark for me of uh, visual animation style. Mm. Um, It's really funny. Uh, It's quite sophisticated. Um, It riffs on uh, mortality and it gets a bit grim. It's also hugely funny. And um, what was that I said before about herbal enhancements? A good one for that. (laughs) All right, Steve. We'll see you next week. Real auteurs use star wipes. That was Flicks and That on 95BFM.